What would you do if you hit the Powerball jackpot? Would you take the lump sum or take 30 annuity payments? Well, we know the mathematically correct answer is taking the lump sum, but Tanner believes in answering a very important question you need to ask yourself first that might impact your answer. We reveal the question and the answer in this episode of the F-Sharp Podcast. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner, and I'm joined as always with co-host certified financial planner, JD, wealth manager and industry expert, Tanner Bortnam. Tanner, guess what? What? I won the lottery. Oh, congrats. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I should be more excited. I actually did not, did not win the lottery, but for this episode's sake, I did win the lottery on vacation, on my hypothetical vacation to Phoenix, visiting you. Ah, that's fi- right. Yes, I was filling up at this local Circle K, and I purchased a Mega Millions ticket, and I hit the big winner to the tune of $380 million. As a client of yours, I need your advice. What do I do? Well, there's a, f- a few things I think we would first need to to chat about. Uh, yes. You know, particularly with the history of past winners to make sure that you don't follow down the path of them. Um, Let me just stop you right there and just talk to the listeners a little bit. Sorry, I queued you up and was terrible with the intro. But no, you're fine. obviously this is a fun episode. Uh, we meant to do this episode back in the summer when the, the Powerball was over a billion dollars or whatever it was, but we had more timely content that we needed to put out. Uh, but we're circling back to this now. Um, so this episode will be a walkthrough of someone receiving a windfall of cash. For example, in our example, a lottery winning um, or something, uh, inheritance or, ex- or other type of windfall of cash. So, But we're going to focus our our episode on on my hypothetical situation of winning the lottery. Um, We are using numbers from October 4th when we're recording this. Um, So if you want to reference our numbers, you can follow along at usamega.com and it gives us a breakdown of of the current Mega Millions, which in our uh, example will be $380 million. So You'll hear that number quite a bit um, in the episode. So sorry to interrupt. Go back to <laughs> no problem, <laughs> no problem. So um, you know, I I think that the first thing is, that you're making an error on this in our hypothetical is what you're telling everyone that you won the lottery. And that's, oh. <laughs> that's that's the first thing uh, you know that that they say to try to avoid if you can be anonymous. You know, obviously if 
with the lottery, it depends upon the rules of the state. If, if it's an inheritance, you can be anonymous or, you know, any other windfall like that. Um, but keeping in the lottery's realm, uh, you know, try to be anonymous. As soon as people know you have, you know, millions and millions of dollars coming to you, uh, not only does everyone and, and their brother become your best friend or long lost cousins come out of the woodwork to ask for money, um, but also you, you become a target for financial, um, you know, schemes to try to, uh, you know, swindle you out of money or, you know, we've even heard of crazy things of people following lottery winners and running out in front of their car trying to get hits so that they can sue them because they know that they're worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars now. So keeping that under wraps as much as you can, uh, obviously it would, would be the first step uh, that, that I would recommend to you, Adam. What are um, the exact the, rules of being anonymous? I don't know if it's real, but I, have you seen the photo or the meme of uh, obviously the winner was not or was in a state that wasn't uh, an anonymous state and they wore a scream mask to the like the signing of the check or the the the, the teleconference or the press conference? Yeah, I, I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Have you seen that or not? Or- uh, I have. I have. Yeah. So um, every state on the lottery has their own rules of whether you can be anonymous or not. Um, so if your state where you bought the Powerball allows you to, or you know, whatever, scratch ticket or what, however you get this, um, if you are, it's up to the state where you bought that um, and what their rules are. Uh, if the state does not allow you to be anonymous, then you have to go into you know what specifically does it say and all these different things because yes obviously whatever state that was I saw it but I don't remember what state they were in you know that person had to show up and do a press conference but they found a way around it to try to remain as anonymous <laughs> as possible by wearing yeah wearing a mask and so um, kudos to them for finding a workaround on that. Can you change your name afterwards? I mean, yeah, you can always yeah. change your name. That's a huge hassle, though. Um, but again, biggest thing, just you know, and, and then again, it's just it's just being smart. And we're walking through all these all these next points here. You know, that's that's the biggest key is just be be smart. You know, just be as smart and get advice. Because you you know, the next thing is not only does everyone and you know, like I said earlier, everyone and your brother comes out to be your your new best friend and try to get money from you everyone and 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 your brother tries to come give you advice on how to manage the money and (laughs) or particularly my industry all the vultures start circling around of the bad advisors out there and they will start trying to talk you into well you need to do this and you need to do that and again most of the time these are highly commissionable products that the advisor is going to get paid buku buku bucks on and never have to see you again or deal with any of it again so if you squander all the money they don't really care so just protect yourself the biggest thing again is just trying to be as low-key as possible but then also not making any rash decisions right away that's another key just let things work itself out you don't have to get all the money invested immediately you don't have to do anything the key is to um you know take time or as much time as you can and don't make any emotional decisions so 
that's where we'd start. Uh, you know, the next thing that we would do is I'd sit down with you. I mean, I know you are obviously in this hypothetical already work with me. Uh, but if you don't, the next step is to find a good team of advisors. Uh, you know, this is straight off of Forbes and Forbes says, start with a fee only wealth planner who can help set up a long-term financial plan for you and get you in touch with other professionals to build out your advisor team because you're not going to need, or you're going to need more than just a, you know, a wealth planner. You're going to need a very good accountant, you know, typically a CPA or something like that, but a very good accountant that understands working with wealthy people who are going to inherit lots of money, you know, uh, and, and then likely a tax lawyer and then an estate planning lawyer as well, because now you inherited a bunch of money. The goal is to keep it and pass it on for generations. How do you do that in the most tax efficient manner through estate planning? So it's creating a really good team. And again, uh, props to Forbes for throwing in the fee only, because we talk about that regularly here on, on our podcast of why that is so much better from an advisor standpoint than going with someone that's commissioned. Um, but that would be the next step is find, you know, find an advisor and then start working on what you want, what you want to do. So let's, let's make up some hypotheticals. What, what do you want to do with this, Adam? Uh, that's what I have you for. <laughs> um, <laughs> lots of things. Um, first off pay, how about we'll, we'll start with that pay, pay off debt. Okay. Well, I I mean, I, I think it's more than just looking at each piece individually because they all have to work together inside your financial plan. So let, let's walk through all of them. So I'll create some for you since it's a hypothetical. You're going to look at potentially paying off debt. Uh, Miles is young, so you want to set up and make sure that he can go to college for free now. Uh, do you want to make sure that Miles, that this is a wealth transfer and a wealth generation for your family? Or are you and Greta wanting to spend all, you know, what you get out of this 380 million uh tra transfer of wealth for sure perfect um yep. and and create some tax havens um yep. but i'm not going to pretend like i'm an expert or anything but no um, well that, again that's why you create your team just i'm right. just asking some people you know may not have kids or they're going to say no my kids need to make it on their own or you know whatever so they may want to spend and or give away all of the funds. So you have to know that from the outset. So let's say that it's a generational wealth transfer for you as well. You know, so with these things, then I'd talk to you about, Hey, we need to have some really honest, uh, you know, discussions here. And this is not about what's the right answer or what you think the right answer is, uh, you know, or what society thinks you should say, or what I think you should say. This is, you would need to look at, you know, kind of down deep. And I mean, obviously it'd be you and Greta, and how do you handle money? How do you handle these things? And be very honest with yourself because here are some stats that I go over with you. 70% of lottery winners are broke within five years. I will pause for dramatic effect to let that sink in. 70%. Is that like a million dollars or more? I wonder what they define lottery winner as. But either way, pretty... Drastic uh, and yes, I, stat. as we continue talking, I can try to find what that is based off of, but it was based off of the, um, I know it was based off of the, if you win the Powerball. So we're talking millions okay. and millions. We're probably not talking you won a hundred bucks off of a scratch ticket. Right. Um, 
Well, I think yeah. there's a certain uh, level where a they... Mil- million dollars they... plus. Okay. Perfect. Yep, so a million dollars plus. So it makes it even more egregious that you were given a million dollars plus and 70% of those people squander it and are broke. Uh, lottery winners are 3 to 5% more likely to file bankruptcy than an average American. Again, like why are these things happening? We'll, we'll get into that. Um, and some of this plays into this, like who, okay, and who plays the lottery, right? Men tend to play it more than women. Younger people tend to play it more than older people. And poor people tend to play it more than wealthy people, particularly based on a percentage of their income that they use to play uh, the lottery. And and why? Like, why why do they do this? Why, why do people do this? Well, men tend to be more aggressive in gambling, more gamblers in life than women overall. Again, it, none of this is for everyone. This is just in general. Uh, typically, younger people tend to be more aggressive and more gambling than older people. And poor people tend to do the same thing more than wealthy people because they feel, and this is, you know, there's two different studies. One of them, for, one of them was from Germany and their lottery system. One was from here in America that I read through. And it's, uh, oh yeah, uh, the one from here is with, with Duke. It says a th- one third of the poorest households contribute one half of all lottery ticket sales. And the reason behind this that they found with this Duke University study was people who are in that situation feel desperate. They feel that this is their only way out. You know, this is their a way to financial freedom because where, where they currently are, they're not going to get there. And so they're willing to risk more, uh, more a percentage of their income to try, basically. Now, with all of that, I think all of those things make make sense when you when you think about it as a whole. But why do people go broke so quickly? Why do these people who win go broke? Well, if you look at what we just went through, um, who's typically playing the lottery most, and then you look at why do they go broke? Well, you know, it it could be numerous things but again the studies have shown that it's it's a lack well it's tons of things it's things like everyone and you know their brother comes out and and wants to borrow money from you and a lot of times if people are winning the lottery if they don't have a good team of advisors there and they don't have the financial literacy to be able to um, handle all of these things or they're getting bad advice they're, all that money is going to get squandered because they don't they don't know any better. Um, and then there also is uh, psychological studies that say people are we subconsciously go to our area of comfort. Our brains subconsciously don't like being outside of our comfort zone. So if you grow accustomed and your comfort zone is X, and now all of a sudden you get $380 million dropped into your lap, that is outside of anyone's comfort zone unless you're very, very wealthy to start with. And so you subconsciously self-sabotage yourself to get back into your comfort zone unless you have really good advice and you stay disciplined. And that's very difficult for people to do both of those things. And so you self-sabotage and get yourself back into the comfort level of where you are. And so, you know, I think going over all of those things would be, you know, really important with you of making sure that you know this and, and kind of to try to scare you a little bit. Like, we don't want this to happen. You were just given a gift, you know? No one works hard. I think we can all agree. No one works hard to win the lottery. It is pure luck. 
And, you know, you might work hard for the money that you put into a lottery, but you're choosing to gamble it. And then it's just luck whether you win or not. And so to have this huge luck and just get millions and millions of dollars, that's, that's not just life changing for you, but for generations to come, like the importance of not squandering that is, is, is immense. And 70% of the people do just that and they don't create the generational wealth and they can't even keep it for their lifetimes. So, you know, I've heard a couple of different sayings, I think go along with this. You know, one of them was unearned money comes with little respect. Uh, you know, I, I talk about this with clients when we're talking about generational wealth planning and inheritance in particular, if, if someone gets an inheritance, they didn't earn that. They just got it. Uh, you don't have the same respect for it as you do if you had to go out and work super hard to get that money. And the same thing is true here with the lottery. You know, no, again, no one really works super hard to get it. It's luck. And so it doesn't come with the same respect that having to go out and work to earn that money will. And so, again, that's a psychological thing that I think people tends to send them down the path of making poor decisions to be broke. Uh, or, or potentially lose it all. And then, you know, another one, which we're going to talk about this in a future episode, so we'll tease it here a little bit, but, you know, one of the sayings that I'm sure everyone out there has heard is, you know, money is the root of all evil. And I, I 100% disagree with that. You know, I think that money is, uh, you know, it, it, it's not the root of all evil. It just magnifies who you currently are. If you're, if you are a jerk and you're evil and you get a bunch of money, you will be more of a jerk. If you're a good person and you give to charity a lot and you're very, uh, you know, gracious and kind with your funds, more money is going to allow you to be more gracious and kind. And the one here with the lottery is if you're foolish with money prior to getting a bunch of money and then you get a bunch of money, you're going to be more foolish with that money. You're, you're going to be the same person that you are. And so again, I think all those things, you know, with the psychology of, of money all tie together and lead to why we see such a huge percentage of people losing all their money within five years. So with that being said, have I scared you enough into not doing that? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, no, yes, no, I don't know. You're alluding to the, the main question of um, ref- self-reflection and, and um, taking the annuity payments or the lump sum is what I think you're, you're asking. So, Well, yeah, that's yes, what we'll get to because you have to – Right. We have to go through this to know you, you know, or anyone else, obviously, that wins yep. this. Hmm, I wonder, like, based on what you said, I wonder if 70% – you know, seventy percent of lottery winners are broke within five years, based on the quote "foolish with money, more foolish with money." I wonder if you know that stat doesn't exist, but wonder if seventy percent of people are foolish with their money to begin with. But that's just one of those. Well, things. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. Um, I mean, if you're gonna ask my opinion, I think yes. I, I mean, I. I think that the lottery is absolutely insane that anyone puts money into it. It's a, it's a voluntary tax, uh, you know, with the probabilities of winning that in the one out of, what is it, like 20-some million? I mean, the odds of you getting struck by lightning like 10 times in your lifetime are higher than that. So, um, 
So to me, yeah, that I think that that's the case. Now, again, that's that's just my own personal opinion on the lottery. So who I haven't seen any any studies done on what deems you know what is deemed right. foolish with money and how many people are are of that. Uh, but yeah, and and you're you're exactly right. This is me leading us down the path of looking inwards and self reflection because. I think, you know, from a purely, you know, the, the next question to, to tee this up, the next question that there is, is do you take a lump sum or do you take the annuity payout? And from a purely logical mathematical standpoint, there is one, one clear answer. Correct. I mean, and, it, and it is not even close. But that doesn't matter to me because it's not just logic. Like if you are truly terrible with money and know that you cannot handle it that can change it you know so i think the first question would be can you be truly disciplined can you be disciplined enough and this isn't obviously anything against you adam this is using you in this example so we can talk through this with people i know you would not fall into that 70 percent of people that would squander their money but my wife's you know, a bean counter. We're, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's like, can you truly be disciplined and can you create a team of, of good advisors um, and, and then take their advice and make sure that you don't squander this? You know, and, and that's kind of what answer do you want to go with in our hypothetical? Because you can choose whatever you'd like down this path. Uh, I will go with, yes, I'm disciplined. Okay. So if that's the case and you can be truly disciplined, you're going to fall into the 30% of people that keep their money. And then if that's the case, the goal is that you should do a lump sum. So the two choices, and we'll kind of, uh, this is where we'll jump over to that, um, uh, that USAmega.com that Adam referenced at the beginning so people can kind of look through some of our numbers. Um, or it's not our numbers, but their numbers. Uh, so, you know, the, the Powerball right now is $380 million. And if you'd win that, you get, again, you get two options. You get the annuity where you get an annuity payment uh, for the next 30 years or you get the cash lump sum right now and they deduct it, you know, and you get less, but you get it all right now. And so how this breaks out, you know, we're going to use Adam. He won it here in Arizona. We're going to pretend he's an Arizona resident as well, even though he's not. Um, if Adam were to take the annuity payment, he's going to get after federal taxes and after state taxes he's going to get an average of seven million for so let's just call it seven and a half million dollars a year for the next 30 years and in 30 years that will i'm going to round up again that will equate to approximately 225 million dollars that he would have received over a 30-year period now again if you cannot handle money and you cannot be disciplined, this is likely going to be the best route for you because this is enough money for anyone to be able to live off of more than anyone would need. And getting seven and a half million dollars a year is it's obviously not a bad choice. We're talking about, you know, two amazing choices that we're trying to pick through here. So if you're bad with money, this would be the route to go because you can sit there and unfortunately blow the money in year one and hopefully you learn from that and then you get another seven and a half million and if you blow all that money you know eventually hopefully you learn from this and you keep getting more at bats you're going to get 30 chances here to stop messing up but if you're good with money 
taking the lump sum is by far and away the best way to go. And the reason behind that is, again, you're going to get all the taxes taken out and they're going to discount you. You're going to get $116 million right now. But, you know, so again, 116, a lot less than 225 million, but you have 30 years for that 116 million to grow. I mean, you could take however many million you want off of that and buy a house. And, you know, I mean, unless you're buying $50 million homes and all these different things, which again means you're not being financially savvy with your money. So as long as you continue to live somewhat reasonably, I mean, we're not even talking about having to be frugal here, just somewhat reasonably, you know, your lump sum of 113 only needs to generate two and a half percent annual return and you'll end up with more money in 30 years. Now, let's say that you put that into the stock market and get an average return of eight, like the stock market has done approximately over the last hundred years. Your assets would be over $1 billion, a billion, like 30 years in 30 years. Yep. I mean, like this type of, this is astounding, right? Like this is just astronomical wealth creation that, and it's just sad going back to the beginning that 70% of people either can't figure this out, get terrible advice or, you know, whatever reason that they find, but 70% of people find a way to not make sure that them and every person in their, their lineage for the next three, four, five generations is taken care of because they make such terrible decisions right now. But how, like, do you want to walk through like exactly like how liquid is that? I, I and that would be my response is, uh, yes, let's create gener- generational wealth. Let's invest it. Let's do some something easy so the money works for me. Um, I would obviously take a chunk of it just to eliminate debt, increase um, well, lifestyle. Right, um, what's that a million two million off right. of it? here well, yeah. let's 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 give you three million off of it so you can do it so at 110 million is your lump sum that you can invest now on our s&p return we just said again these are hypotheticals that we get an average return of the s&p that's eight percent per year now let's say that you have some of that be somewhat and not a lot just somewhat geared towards producing a dividend because dividend stocks grow too but you just and you just take the dividends per year and let's give you a low let's give you a you only get coke well they're actually a decent one i'm going to give you low let's say that you only get 1.5 percent dividend per year on average on your 110 million dollars is sorry i'm getting my calculator out here uh, you know, that's only a cool 1.6 million you have to live off of every that's year. That's walking around cash. Exactly. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's what you get to live off of. That would be the dividends that could get kicked out while this thing could still keep growing at 8% per year. I mean, there's your I liquidity. Think I could do that. Right. There you I go. Mean, if you want to talk liquidity, the annuity is the one that's not liquid. To a certain extent, I mean, yeah. obviously you're getting seven and a half million dollars a year. That's tons and tons of money. But if you, for some reason, needed ten million dollars a year, too bad. You have to wait 
until the next year to get your next chunk of money. So that's actually the one that is somewhat illiquid. So that's uh that seems like the thing I would honestly do is, you know, you you think about winning it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do all these things and with an entrepreneurial spirit and in mindset, of, oh, I can help this person with this project or build this company. But what you just laid out with dividend investing that much money and just sitting on a beach somewhere sounds pretty pretty nice. Right. And again, 1. but it, 7. we need, smoke. right. And again, this, this was just going over purely the logical side of things, right? I mean, we, we need to bring this back. It's clearly a lot more difficult than it seems. I've never won the lottery, so I can't sit here and say that it's sure. super easy. 70% of people fail at this and lose all their money. So clearly it is not something that's easy because, and, and then let's lump in like uh, professional is it athletes. They're, is like, it because they're failing step one? I mean, I, mean, I think to a certain extent, but I mean, let, like, let, let's walk through this a little bit. You know, let's bring in professional athletes too. To a certain extent, it's similar. Now, clearly they have worked their tails off for years and years and years and years to get to where they are. But, you know, you become a 22-year-old kid and you get drafted into the NFL or the NBA and you get dropped, you know, a $30 million contract or you're Patrick Mahomes and you get your second contract that's worth $500 million. You know, like, again, hugely generational wealth. Patrick is a little bit of an anomaly. Obviously, his dad played professional sports, so he's been in that world before. But a lot of these people, it's their first time for, you know, them as a family or anyone in their family having this type of money. And, you know, a lot of it, particularly with with the athletes they talk about they just wanted to help people they just wanted to help and they just wanted to help and well now you have the ability to help but you still have to have constraints you know to use your example adam well i think i could help someone with this business or that business sure but you don't give someone 100 million of your 113 million (laughs) for their business right like you give them a million or a hundred thousand or you know whatever and it's just again it's just being disciplined like at the end of the day your ability to help someone is only there if you don't squander all of your money because as soon as you squander all of your money you can no longer help your family you can no longer help your friends and it, it it sounds selfish on the outside to be like i need to take care of myself first but it's not because if you take care of yourself, you continue the ability to be able to help. If you make poor decisions and don't put yourself first and you help everyone else first, now you're in end up in that same boat and now no one has any money. So again, it's I'm sure it's clearly very difficult with all of these things because you have so many people that you could be helping and you want to. Um, but that's where the, you know, having the team of advisors is really important and taking their advice, you know, really looking at it and taking their advice. Have you ever seen the 30 for 30 broke about, no. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, uh, 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 ESPN 30 for 30 documentary right. about athletes going broke. But, uh, I, yeah, there's just so many examples of, but one of the quotes I, I looked it up, it's the the owner of the Ravens, Steve Biscotti, um, said, you can live like a king for a year or you can live like a prince forever. Right. And I think that goes back to the what you're saying of 
seeing all the it goes back to everything that we've said of envy greed social media seeing what other people have some of the young <clears throat> young athletes see what uh, other athletes in their maybe second or third contracts are making and they make terrible decisions from the get-go and um they they want to live like a king and yep and well and a lot of them get bad advice too i mean that that's the other yeah. part i i i 100 percent think that a factor in it is getting bad advice and that could be because all of a sudden you know uncle tom is a financial guru all of a sudden or you unfortunately don't vet your financial professionals enough and that person takes advantage of you because we talk about that all the time how you know regular people get taken advantage of by advisors and when you get taken advantage of by an advisor and you have half a million dollars it is terrible now think if that was 500 million dollars you know like the the stakes are just so much higher when things like that happen and so it's you know, it's a combination of all those things. And so that would be, you know, the talking points we'd have is make sure none of this happens and you have to be disciplined. And I think it just comes down, all the things come down to that one word is being disciplined. Doesn't mean you can't help. Doesn't mean you can't love your family and friends. Doesn't mean any of the, doesn't mean you can't have nice things for yourself. It just means that you're disciplined with it to make sure that you can continue to be that prince for the rest of your life and that your kids get to be the prince and princess and their kids get to be the prince and princess rather than now everyone's the jester again. Interesting. Yes, sir. What else do you want to cover? Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I liked the, what we went over there. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, I, we, there's so many different things that we could talk about. but uh, Right, right. So I think that's good. I mean, it's, you know, those are the key things that people need to think about if something like this. And, of course, the likelihood of anyone listening to this winning the, the lottery is very, very slim. But, you know, this can also come into account with, you know, a, a huge increase in your income because you get a raise and now all of a sudden your income is doubled. You know, there's certain aspects of this that's that's similar with that or, or you know, kids inheriting um, assets from, you know, a parent passing away. Similar thing, you know, it's not, you don't have the option of lump sum versus annuity, but a lot of the same principles still hold true. You need to have, you know, these things in place so that you can continue to prosper off of that rather than live, you know, live like a king for, for a few months and then it's gone. Can you put that in an estate, uh, that mechanism of kind of annuity payments when you transfer assets or? Uh, from the lottery? No, just from uh, uh, an estate standpoint or uh, uh, an inheritance like if, if a, you're asking if a client has an annuity, can the annuity payments go to their kids if they pass away? No, I'm saying, okay, I have a, a million dollars. I'm going to set an inheritance. Can you put that in the, the will? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, get, you okay. create a trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You create yeah, a trust, trust. And, then, okay. and then in the trust, it's not an annuity, but you as the creator of the trust say, I'm going to give my kids... $10,000 a year or $50,000 a year, you know, whatever it is. And you're in essence creating that annuity stream because they get X amount per year for the rest of their lives or however long, okay. 10 years or, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's estate planning. Uh, and y yes, you can do that through the trust. So the only way to recap 
that you would take the annuity payments is just knowing that pressures and external pressures and undiscipline is going to um, cause you to spend more than um, uh, spend more, spend it all. Yeah. That, that would be the only reason to go that route. Correct. Yeah. Because again, just, just real quick, if you, if you're bad with money or, or, or any of these things we talked about or worry about the pressures, um, going the annuity route, you get 30 chances to try to not spend it all. Whereas if you, if you take the lump sum, you get one. And if you're bad with it and it's gone, it's gone. And, and unfortunately that that's where the 70% of people had to have taken the annuity side of things because, um, or not the annuity, they had to take in the lump sum side of things because they're broke within five years. You can't be broke within five years if you're still receiving that annuity stream. Sure. What does that look like from the Powerball standpoint? They want you to take the annuities, obviously. I mean, do they just like house that cash and just an account? Yeah, basically. I mean, they're going to pay you out that amount of money and then they can, I mean, I don't know what they do with it, but if I was running that portion of the government and I had... 380 million and only had to pay you seven and a half per year i would definitely be putting the other uh, they can do whatever three, they want with it right yeah the other 372 and a half million dollars into something that earns more than right right and they're going to make money <laughs> off your money uh, and then they're going to give it and then they're going to give that to you and then take half of it back for taxes anyway so <laughs> oh funny yep Man, it's just wild how $116 million, I know 30 years is a long time, but that can turn into a billion mm-hmm. in 30 years. Yep. Yep, that's the power of compound interest. Well, I wish this was a real-life scenario. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you know when I, I hit that for real. Yeah, please do. I, I'd be very happy for you. I wish it was real for you as well. I'll be like Lloyd Christmas. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Maybe I should go the annuity route. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, found it helpful. Uh, If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. It helps our podcast, and we appreciate it very much. If you happen to win the lottery, give Tanner a call. Uh, <laughs> questions or suggestions for a future, email, uh, future episode, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks for listening, and you will hear us in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.